What's up and welcome to the single player experience. I'm your host Sebastian Malden and today we're doing a 2022 Indie Spotlight episode. I say we because for a task this big, I had to put out a distress call, so to speak. And answering that call is the special guest for this episode. My guest today is the Indie Informer herself, Jill Grout. Jill is the CEO of the wonderful website called The Indie Informer. She's a games journalist who's written for Destructoid, Screen Rant, and Game Informer. She is a certified black belt level indie games master. In this episode, she's going to give her 2022 top 10 indie games of the year. We're going to talk about some other good single player indies, and we're going to do a round of pro nerd rapid fire. We got all this and more coming right after the intro. DJ, hit the beat. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I am superly excited today. I'm just stupidly excited. I've been excited all day for this. Not even gonna lie. Like I had an option of me like eating wings and this, and I chose this because this is more exciting to me. This what? yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll go away for a bit. You need to eat those wings. No, 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 no. There's always wing time later. Good ladies and gentlemen, I have an insanely talented, insanely talented writer with me. I have the CEO of the Indian Former with me. She is the one, the only, Jill Grote. How you Hello doing, today? everyone? Uh, I'm doing well. I really enjoy the CEO comment. It's hilarious when you <laughs> give yourself those kinds of titles. It's like, oh, I'm just running a website by myself, so I guess I am the CEO. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We, <laughs> you know, like. I was going to do, you know, the breaker of chains, the mother yep. of dragons, the whole yep. shebang. But I was just like, CEO is enough. I don't CEO yeah. is good. enough. Yeah, we don't want to overdo it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, you've been on like the Pro Nerd Report before, but not the new iteration. I've changed everything up to the single player experience where I'm mostly talking about single player games that people should definitely check out. Mm-hmm. And you being an indie informer, the master of all indie games is what I hear. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I decided I wanted to talk about the 2022 indie games that people should check out that they've probably been sleeping on and who better than you to like guide us through that journey who better i guess yeah, yeah that's a lot of responsibility i hope <laughs> that i can give you some good ones yeah you you got to like we gave up chicken wings for this assignment we so. gave up chicken wings like the bar is really high oh yeah for if sure. i don't succeed then you can eat me i guess i know no <laughs> <laughs> I have every confidence you're going to absolutely nail it. So, Jill, for the people who may not know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience, though? Yeah, I started out my gaming career sort of randomly, I guess, uh, as a Game Informer intern. Uh, That was 2018. And then freelanced for a little bit, got picked up and hired by Game Informer to write and mostly write about indies as much as I could get away with. And then walked away from that, which was a weird experience because that was a dream job. And I've started my own website called The Indie Informer, name being very connected to Game Informer and the sort of moniker that I picked up while I was there. And lots of love still for that team and the outlet, uh, but trying my own thing and hopefully bringing some 
awesome indies and sharing them to the world and I'm really excited to be able to do this. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. And thank you for the contribution you're making to shed light on indie games. You're absolutely killing it. I read the Indie Informer all the time, recommend it to people all the time. So thank you so much. Yeah. So you're doing big things and I can't wait to see your continued success because you're absolutely killing it. <laughs> so, Jill, I got a question for you. I'm ready. What, so the top five games of all time for you. Like any of that changed in 2022? Has any game broached the top five for you? I don't think so, because uh -huh. I think the last time we spoke, mm -hmm. Tunic was still was on there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that nothing has really changed. OK, gotcha. Then. OK, OK. So let's change it up then. Let's talk about the topic of the show. What are the top five indie games in your opinion of 2022? OK, top fives are so hard. Uh, I have, I think, 20 plus games written down here. Oh, my goodness. Can we talk about the top 10 then? We can expand? <laughs> sure. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So it's going to, should I start with one or should I go backwards? Let's let's make like, this make dramatic. It, let's let's do the drum story. roll. Yeah. And let's start yeah. with 10 and like wake up. Except down. anybody who knows me very well will know <laughs> what my number one is. Or not even knows me very well, just knows me a, oh, a yeah. little bit. Let me count to 10. Hold on. One, okay. two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, and 10. Okay. Do I want to change any of these before? Okay. So I'm going to start number 10 off with a game you and I were had, had talked about mm -hmm. uh, very recently, and it is A Walk with Yaya. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. go. And it is not a long game. It's about an hour long to finish. It's very focused on a relationship between the protagonist and his aging grandmother, who's just mm -hmm. had kind of a fall and is kind of recovering from that, but is also aging and going through that process. And they have a day together mm -hmm. where he suggests going on a walk and they talk about things that connect them through the generations, things that don't like neither of them can understand about each other things that are deeply touching and personal and like philosophies that you know come from the grandmother that are like very traditional but very wise and like the anxieties that you feel currently in the job market it's like mm -hmm. everybody's felt that and I that hit really hard home for me and things you can't understand about problems from the past like going through and surviving like major wars and like touching on on racism and things that like not being able to connect with the people in your lives or the people who are supposed to love you not loving you back or the way that you want them to love you. like there are just so many really deeply personal really well touched on themes mm -hmm. and by the end if you're not like teary-eyed then oh, I it got me like, uh, yeah, I can't trust you. Um, I was like, I was done with this. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to write this review. I can't like see my screen to like write anything. But it's a hard one, too, because you like in that 60 minutes it's so story based that you really don't want to give anything away either. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you kind of want people to experience themselves. And, um, you know, like I just spoiler alert. There's a moment to where like you first like hold her hand. 
and I lost it. Like it hit me really hard. As a person who lost my grandmother during the pandemic, like mm-hmm. it just it touched me. Like it really did. It was like a touching moment of mundane. Like it's just the everyday mundane moment of just doing something so small, just so simple with a relative that you just just know but at the same point too that had a life outside of being a grandmother that had a life of her own and just learning about that it was it's touching it really is and i was really impressed too with the the way that they changed up the developer who's a single developer whose name escapes me at the moment trent garlic Mm -hmm. i am impressed by the way he was able to change up the gameplay because most of it takes place on a walk. So you're physically walking with your grandmother. But like throughout you like you turn into a cricket and you jump <laughs> around and you play the piano and you sail a boat and airplane. fly an airplane. Mm-hmm. And all of these things kind of harken back to whatever is happening in the narrative and moving that forward. And at the same time, giving you something else to do rather than just making it a walking sim, you know, so it like breaks up the gameplay in a really nice way. So, yeah, I think it was just it was really touching and innovative and like people are not talking about it as much as I like it deserves. It deserves to be talked about. It deserves to be played. So that's my number 10 for this year for that reason. Okay, okay. So this is going to be a long long (laughs) podcast if I have to talk that much about everything. But, you know, I'll try to be a little better about that. No, no, you're all good. So number nine. Number nine, I'm going to go with Frog Detective 3. Okay, I have not heard of that, this one. Explain this one to me. Frog Detective is a series. This is the um, the third and final chapter of the Frog Detective series. It features, as one might guess, a frog who's also <laughs> a detective. Uh, <laughs> and it is, it is an absurdist humor game. You know, it's kind of like in this particular game, you are going to Cowboy County. So kind of Western themed silliness. And when you get there, you are given a traveling device. But instead of the traditional what you would think of a horse, you're Mm -hmm. like, nope, we got you a scooter. You know, (laughs) like it's like, what? we got a scooter. Oh, yeah. And it just happens to be sitting right next to this telephone booth that just happens to be right. Like, it's all just silly and ridiculous humor. The scootering is really fun. It's not necessary for the game, but like I got (laughs) lost doing it. I was like jumping over sand dunes. But you get to the town and there's a mystery. The mystery being all the hats have gone missing uh, (laughs) in Cowboy County. And you have to figure out how what's happened to them all and you you do a lot of really cute you meet uh npcs that are immediately endearing but also very silly you know you meet i think it's a raccoon or a rat (laughs) i think it's it's one of those creatures that's kind of sly and they're like i'm an outlaw but i'm not breaking any laws and you shouldn't but i can get you some fake ids or whatever you need and they end up getting you something to help someone get into a bank but they're not trying to actually rob the bank. They're trying to just get their stuff because they've locked themselves out of the bank. <laughs> and it's like, what? at one point, the the developer mm-hmm. comes into the game and breaks the fourth wall, being like, don't actually give your address to other people. This is a bad <laughs> idea. And then it actually, like, there's this whole beginning part, which is like, you're doing little quests for people and everything is like, I've lost my muse i need a muse for art 
and I was involved in some kind of trickery online that seemed scammy, but it actually turned out that I was the thousandth person and <laughs> I did get this glob of money or whatever. But then you get sort of where you think is going to be the end and there's a complete, like, I don't want to give away what happens, but I was not okay with it. Oh, you know? wow. I okay. was like, I was not expecting to feel like this in this game and now I do. And it's oh, not okay. Wow. Um, and a real M Night Shyamalan moment, huh? It was a, it was something happened. I'm not saying okay, okay, okay. I'm not saying anything happened, and I was just like so glad to be able to con- like I'm glad that wasn't the end. It would have been a fantastic ending, but I was like, I <laughs> know I need to keep playing now. So yeah, Frog Detective Three, and then if you really enjoy it, you don't need to have played one and two to understand what's going on, but. If you enjoy it, go back and play one and two. They're all short games as well. This won't take you. Maybe it'll take you about two hours or so. Okay, not bad. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. Check that out if you can. Okay. Steam, I'm guessing, right? Yes. Okay. Let's see. Number eight. I'm gonna go with a little to the left. Oh, I've heard about this one. Yes, this is a delightful puzzle game. It's not a puzzle game in the way that most puzzle games are like here's something to overcome and you overcome it it, Mm -hmm. by doing silly things this is a game if you're the kind of person like me (laughs) who's (laughs) ridiculously rewarded by things being in the right place and in order so the game is essentially about like you're given a row of colored pencils Mm -hmm. and they're like you know solve the puzzle so you could either put the colored pencils from shortest to tallest and then a little bell will ding and it'll go yay you did it (laughs) or you could put them in like rainbow color order and it'll also ding and you might get different amounts of like stars for doing kind of more creative puzzle solving Mm -hmm. but it graduates to like full-grown desks where you have to find where everything goes or like a workspace that has all these different tools like a saw saws and and rulers and like oddly shaped things i couldn't tell you what they were mm-hmm. putting them together and there's just something so relaxing and like it scratches that itch so well of just like putting the chaos into order and <laughs> it's got this lovely relaxing music and you're just like yeah, everything's right. I made everything in the world just perfect. <laughs> that sounds fun. It was. And then there's, hello, for anyone who's not feeling it yet, there's a cat who's a mischievous cat whose life you have to save at the end. So. Okay, okay. You know, all the cat lovers, <laughs> all, y'all, all y'all stray fans, you need to show mm-hmm. up for this game, in other words. Yeah. get in it. Okay, moving on to number seven. This is one that I uh, hold particularly dear, but I don't know if it received a lot of love and I can see why some people may not have loved it. But I really liked Loot River. Oh, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a little pixelated Dark Souls-esque, maybe more like Bloodborne-esque in aesthetic game where the major mechanical kind of draw is that you don't move the character so much as you move platforms. So you go onto a river, all of these platforms are kind of floating on the river. And first of all, the visuals are fantastic. The dynamism of the rippling waves 
in that pixelated aesthetic it's just I could watch that forever like it just <laughs> it shimmers in a way that I don't know how they even manage it it's so cool but you use instead of having like a camera your right stick moves the puzzles while the, your left stick moves your character oh that's different so like part of it is you are stepping on piece like raft to raft and the rafts are in essentially like tetris shapes so you've got like the long l and the corner piece and the t and whatever so you're trying to solve the puzzle of getting through the river mm -hmm. of each level but along the way you're also fighting things and they're not easy like it's an intense <laughs> battle sort of thing and you're picking up like armor pieces and like amulets and stuff that give you special abilities my way to go is always the parry if you can parry and get health back like <laughs> that is 100 the way to go and then at the end you usually face some kind of like giant boss which is creepy and monstrous but the gameplay changes up how you attack this thing and then it's a time loop game and okay. i want to talk too much about like what happens for each loop but you are trying to get to several different kind of goals and like it's really cool and i really want people to check this out if they haven't because it's so worthwhile i know that the developers were talking about making the difficulty a little less difficult <laughs> So yeah, so it should be more accessible by now, I believe. But uh, 100%, go check this out if that sounds like your kind of thing at all. For sure, go check it out because it's on Game Pass. Yeah, yes, it is. I wasn't 100% sure if it was still there, but it is. Okay, what am I on? I'm on six. Yeah, you're mowing through it. I'm mowing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, should I? It's now getting hard to choose between the, the last six. Yeah, it's like, should I say this one or this one? Oh. Um, I'm going to go with Baron Breakfast. Okay, okay. This is a little life sim or building sim sort of mm -hmm. thing where you are a bear, like you are, you know, <laughs> <laughs> walking around in the forest like you do. And you come across this inflatable shark. You mm -hmm. can tell that it's a, a, you can tell what kind of humor this is already. And the inflatable shark is a mascot for some kind of building company, which represents, you know, the sort of the Airbnbs and the like capitalist interests, not really caring about who's doing the work, not caring about their labor source, not caring about the area or what it does or not caring about the people who are using the service, but really just about money. But being a bear, you're sort of naive to all of this. <laughs> so you're like you find a shark it tells you to clean up this little rundown cabin mm -hmm. and start having people show up and people means money and money means good <laughs> like you don't really <laughs> think too much about what that means it's like bringing the people back means more food for bears and trash for like raccoons and, and rats <laughs> and things so you just blindly sort of move forward so there is the element of managing your hotels and bringing in money and like building like rooms that, mm -hmm. and building 
things that go into the rooms that will increase your sanitation and decoration and functionality and that sort of thing. So, so you've got all of that, but you also have sort of a, you keep unlocking different places and in each different place you build a new thing, but there's an ongoing narrative that I really enjoy of just like, what exactly are you doing to your surrounding area? What, like, it sounds like what you're doing is good, but is it really like Mm -hmm. there's something going on in your dreams where you see like some ominous presence that you're like not really sure what's going on with that. So on the one hand, you've got this very charming I mean, the art style is absolutely unbelievable. It's hand-drawn and just like you could just stare at this game. But also there's something deeper going on, which I always love in a on-the-surface kind of cozy game mm-hmm. where that's got it's got more to it than, than meets the eye. So if you're interested at all in that kind of like management game, it's really good. And I, I played this... And Two Point Campus kind of back to back. And they had similar concepts, but I would recommend Baron Breakfast. Oh, wow. I probably played like 30 hours of um, Two Point Campus. Like I got lost. I absolutely yeah. got lost. But I can see the similarities there, though, especially about like how you organize different things about like the campus versus the or bed and breakfast, I should say. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute play on words for this. Yeah, for the sure. For sure. So did you play this on um, Nintendo Switch or are you steamed? Steamed it up. I did this on Steam. Okay, gotcha. But it is on Nintendo Switch. Okay. And it seems like it would be a good game for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Perfect game <laughs> for that. Uh, Okay, getting Number into five. the top five. Oh, top five. Everybody ready? Drum roll. Number five. Uh, Number five is Stray. I put oh. Stray at number five. I, I don't know if I loved it as much as a lot of people did, mm-hmm. considering how often it showed up at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. But I found it a very humorous look at first cats. I think if you're a person with a cat, this game hit a little harder because they managed to recreate speak like, you know, if you're a person with a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> you hold him up like he's Simba. I hold him up. Yeah, cute little guy. Then some of the behaviors are just really funny. You're like, mm-hmm. yep, that's exactly what my cat would be doing. But just in general, if you're not into cats at all, it is a fun kind of look at post-apocalyptic neon punk sort mm-hmm. of world. And it is a very well-developed platformer with different, you know, things to do and cool. All the characters are really interesting and all of the the platforming I enjoyed. Did you like any of the puzzle like elements of the game? Yeah. I mean, there was nothing here that was at any point just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My cats are deciding the play. Um, <laughs> yes, I enjoyed the like all of the aspects of this game. They have some cheeky sort of references to other games, which I mm-hmm. enjoy. Each level is built in a different way and they're saying different things about society. And I love the end and i sort of wanted to see like a half like it okay yeah i won't say anything <laughs> i won't say anything about the ending no, okay okay but so 
Would you like a cat spinoff, a a Lost Legacy cat illustrated game, so to speak? <laughs> I don't think so, unless okay. they had like, like there's more to this game than just wander around as a cat. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they have things to say, and I found those things interesting. But there's just there's a certain amount of fun of just being a cat, mm-hmm. and the world was fantastic to explore. The puzzles were silly and. They never made you go like, haha, I'm a genius. But at the same time, they're like, oh, that's cute. I really like that. I got you. Um, How'd your cats so yeah. react to your playthrough of, of Stray? They recognized at the beginning that there was a cat on the mm-hmm. screen. And that was unusual. But then they sort of like went into the background. I've definitely <laughs> seen, I've seen like those videos of cats mm-hmm. that go absolutely wild. But mine were not among them, unfortunately. Okay, okay. I really do want the backpack, though. There's like a little merchandise. I saw that. like a cat carrier. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Hey, I, um, whoever wants to, you know, whoever's in charge of the PR for that. like Yeah, send, send her over some cat <laughs> stuff. Send her over some cat gear. A plushie and the, and the cat carrier, please. Yes. <laughs> okay, number four. Number four. The Case of the Golden Idol. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This was not one that I was expecting to love as much as I did. I think originally it caught my eye during the Steam Next Fest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll just check this out. It's kind of like around that time it was Halloween. I'm like, I'm just going to see what what this is all about. And then it was this very clever detective simulator, I guess, is the best way to put it. You are given kind of a scene, which moves slightly kind of like a harry potter newspaper you know Mm -hmm. it's like one picture and it kind of moves but it's not a whole like segment okay and you go around clicking on things to figure out what exactly has happened and the the cool concept here it it has a lot of like uh return of the oberdin to it okay so if you liked that sort of game this might also be for you but what i liked better about this game than oberdin was that it made you feel really smart, but it was also very, very cleverly developed to not let you get terribly lost. Because in Oberdin, there were plenty of times where I'm like, I would never have figured that out without looking that up. Like, I'm just not that smart. (laughs) But this game makes you feel that smart. Mm -hmm. It's got a really good, like, helping system and hinting system. But beyond that, it's, The cool thing about it is you find in the world like words Mm -hmm. and they all get put into a little notebook. And it when you're solving, it shows you all the words you've collected and you have a little like theory paragraph. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think blank did blank with blank. And so you just drag the words you found over to the theory. Mm -hmm. And once you get it correct, then you get to move on to the next thing. So that has a really cool way of like helping you along. If you haven't quite figured out exactly what's going on, you have this sort of bank of words you can use to be like, oh, I guess that was that person who was doing this. So I'll put that there. And there's no like detractors for getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no penalty. So you can move words in and out and be like, I think he did it with the candlestick. No, (laughs) knife. Okay. Like, there were a lot of times where I could just get it. I'm like, I know exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every once in a while you can cheese it and be like, was it this? Was it this? And it gets more and more and more complicated. So that paragraph gets longer and longer. 
Um, oh, that's cool. And the story that's happening is so bizarre. <laughs> like it starts out where you're you're just you think you're just solving a murder, but then it spirals out and you keep encountering this golden idol and figuring out what is happening there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give away everything that happens, but you sort of end in like a version of like the Nazis. Oh, wow. Like, and you're like suddenly dealing with that sort of like very surveillance state sort of place and you're figuring out what the idol has to do and how it has changed the people and the society that has come in contact with to make things turn out this way. Okay. And it's just like, oh, that was not where I was expecting the story to go. But it's like, it's got like weird secret societies Mm -hmm. and like mystical powers and like all of this like very bizarre story happening while you're just solving a bunch of like it's happening sort of in the background while you're just solving a bunch of mysteries. And then once you get to the end, you sort of realize like, oh, everything has been connected in this very cool way. Okay. So let me ask you about the puzzle like elements of it, because you mentioned earlier that they do guide you a little bit. Is it to the level of like God of War Ragnarok where like, because no. <laughs> I'm like, God of War Ragnarok will basically solve some puzzles for you. Yeah. Yeah, God of War Ragnarok is so in your face. It's like I haven't even had time to like look at the puzzle and they're mm-hmm. telling me how to solve it. No, this is it's like I keep saying it's cleverly designed because it gives you what you need to mm-hmm. put the pieces together yourself and you feel smart. Okay. Like you feel like detective extraordinaire because you've put all the pieces together. But if you're kind of looking for it, if you're being critical and like perhaps you have to write a review for this game, <laughs> uh, you kind of see the strings they're pulling to like mm-hmm. make sure that you get those answers, but nothing ever feels like, aha, you have it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just had someone in games media write about this game, like, oh, I totally missed this when it first came out and it's great, but I don't know how to do this. And I was like, maybe you should take a look like try really hard not to like ruin anything mm-hmm. and then they wrote me back like a day later being like i wanted you to know i did it. it it makes you feel that way you're like excited when you get to the next level so yeah it's just this really cool rewarding experience that people should be checking out i like how you were a subtle version of atreus basically or a mirror. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I try really hard to not ruin that. That is mm-hmm. something about video games that means so much to me. That sort of feeling Discovery. that I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I wouldn't want to take that from anybody. But at the same time, I really want to help because I'm like, <laughs> I know exactly what you might be tripping over. So, yeah, that was number four, I think. So we're going on to top three. Top three. Number three. <laughs> uh, number three, Cult of the Lamb. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. I'll this be is, with you. Yeah. I mean, I think it when it released, it got love. Like, mm-hmm. this is not an underrated game. It is rated exactly where it should be. Everybody <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I think there are some people who wanted more of it to be more of a roguelike mm-hmm. than it was. Because that was a big beat in, like, the advertising for mm-hmm. and marketing for this game. But I was really pleasantly just surprised to find it 
so much about the life sim and like managing my cult and the roguelike thing just being like something that helps support that. Yeah, for sure. But I had a great time like every, like I literally would start to play this game and then look up and it would be hours later <laughs> and I had no idea where the time had gone. And I love that they did a Halloween update that was totally for free and you could like see ghosts and like I think it was called Curse of the Blood Moon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I really want there to be more of this game so i'm really glad for that update i hope there are more in the future i haven't heard anything but i would love to be able to like come back and they're like there's a whole new place to discover you know because if it wasn't fun enough like you've got a place to go play a little dice mini game Mm -hmm. or a place to go like do a fishing mini game one of my favorite fishing mini games maybe i should do that list of like i think you should fishing fishing mini games of the year Cult of the um, Lamb has to be up there, though. If yeah, it's not number 100%. one, because that one was so good. It that was. One was so good. It Easy was re- and fun. And I would like find reasons why. I would definitely do that ritual that was like people want you to go fishing. <laughs> yeah. So, because just because I wanted to go fishing more mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah. So there's nothing about it. Like, I have nothing original to say about it except that it's so fantastic and people should be playing it. It's great on the switch it's great on pc so really good on xbox i can attest to that xbox is really good both on the series x and the series s so i you know steam deck is also a really good experience on as well so the my only complaint about cult of the lamb is some of the weapon types i really didn't like in the roguelike um environments like i was not a hammer person at all. oh my goodness i the hammer the i didn't like the little daggers like the little Mm -hmm. dagger at all i felt like it didn't like have enough of a like a width to our length to actually affect anybody so Mm -hmm. it was like anything it was sword or like I can't remember the other ones. I think it was like sword or axe. And then it was yeah. like those, it was those two are bust for me. I was just like, I'll go back to my cult if I if right. I have to choose the other two. But I really, yeah, I hope they add some more weapon types, some more magic abilities, because I do feel like they absolutely killed it on the magic side of the fence in the roguelike part. And I hope they add some more critters, like little creatures yeah. that we can actually interact <laughs> with. <laughs> what would be your number one, do you think? Oh, would you want to be added? Sloth. Oh, that'd be good. Do they have a penguin? I don't think I remember a penguin. I think I've played semi-recently within the the last couple of weeks, and I saw like a giraffe-looking one and an elephant one. And I was like, oh, they're they're progressing. And then I I think I saw a llama based one as well. And I was like, oh, I like the I like the llama. I don't trust them, but I like the llama. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out, they spit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Cusco. (laughs) Yeah, so I No, that was a Latin reference. That was Aladdin, right? It's possible. Watch was out, that the they genie? spit. I think that was Genie from Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cusco is also a good pull. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. He might be an alpaca. Yeah, I think one so. Of them, one of them is very mean. One of them is okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's alpacas. Are there. See, I'm gonna now say, I'm going back and forth. I'm going to say anything that spits on you is mean. Yeah. Whether it be intentional or not. I, got <laughs> you. I think that's a, that's a mean, mean kind of action. That's a mean animal. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So... Gio, what's number two? Number two. Number we're, two. We're getting up there. It's mm-hmm. immortality. Oh my goodness. Uh, so good. It is so good. And the thing about immortality was I I'd heard about Sam Barlow and his types of games. Mm-hmm. For anybody who doesn't know, he does 
like video sort of games where you are watching clips of things and clicking through and and finding mysteries and this is not really any different from from that in concept mm-hmm. but it's just so bizarre it <laughs> is it really is you could play it a hundred percent and like get credits and not know what the game was about <laughs> like you know there are several people i've talked to who are like i had to go back and play again to like mm-hmm. actually get everything like i had a fairly good idea of what the game was about when i finished but i definitely watched other people's like opinions on things like uh serial vasquez just put up a like video essay on it mm-hmm. that's very good that everyone should go check out on youtube for sure but i had to go watch some of those things to catch a few like there were details that i had missed mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh i have to go back so yeah kind of stepping back explaining you in game the concept is you have received a compilation of clips and movies and appearances by a now kind of missing movie mm-hmm. star by the name of Marissa Morella. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And nobody knows what happened to her. Nobody really knows what, what like none of her movies ever came out and no one really kind of understands why or what's happened to her. So like there's this whole mystery behind it. So your job is to kind of scrub through these clips and kind of unravel that mystery. And when you're watching clips at any point, you can click on something in the scene and you will automatically be whisked away to a new clip that has that same thing in it. And that's how you unlock different scenes and different clips and you find out more and more and more of the story and you get to see one of her three movies. So she's in a movie that's like monastery sexy times kind of movie and then she's in a movie where it's like a cop drama detective thing in the 90s so it's kind of it's got uh, not 90s like 60s so it's got that sort of 60s 70s vibe to it and then she's uh, in a movie in the 90s which is like a parent trap or something (laughs) like that where like there are two people who look so similar. They keep switching lives and one's famous and one's not, and they mm-hmm. get into trouble. And so each movie is fantastically done to be the sort of like the feeling of that time period in film. Mm-hmm. So like watching the nineties movie, you know, being a nineties kid, I was like, oh, yeah. wow, this feels like the something that would have been. Yeah. This mm-hmm. feels like my childhood. And I can only assume that the earlier movies kind of get that as well, which. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you are continuously trying to discover what happened. But inside of there, like there are some weird supernaturally things going on. I don't want to like, like, again, we keep saying this. I don't want to spoil it, (laughs) but it involves you, the player. Which is a game, a thing in games that I love so much because it's not just like the protagonist is experiencing this. It's Mm -hmm. literally at the end, you are involved. Yeah. And it's creepy and it's eerie and unsettling. And it has a lot to say about 
important issues that are happening even in like today's video game like in film but also in like video games today with like there's a lot of issues surrounding like women and how they're treated and sexuality and it's a really like sexy game it like, is just it warning really people. is like it was really funny that a couple like as it started coming out people wanted to like stream it to see what it was about without yeah. having looked at it too Mm-mm. much and it's like no you're not Mm-mm. gonna not having to stop that very quickly yeah you're gonna have um, to take that down so like don't play this in front of your parents or like young kids or anything no. but um it's so good it's so interesting all of the performances are just spot on oh well um, acted absolutely yeah. well acted so amazing and i originally didn't get the kind of appeal i was like oh so i'm just watching a bunch of clips and then i didn't stop playing until like midnight that night mm-hmm. you know so I'm like, oh, this game has its hooks on me. And even when I stopped playing so I could go to sleep, I was constantly thinking about, like, <laughs> oh, I bet if I clicked this, it would go to a different thing. Or what's really going on in this movie? I need to know what the next scene is because I need to know what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. like the movies themselves are just worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> so was this your first game by Barlow? Did you play her yes, story? I had and not played us? the other ones. And mm-hmm. I'm like... I have been told to play them uh, so often <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I really should get around to doing it. But, you know, there are so many good games coming out as oh, for sure. As this list uh, hits. <laughs> but uh, moving on to number one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to hit the number one game. Let's go. Number one. So number one game. I think I can guess what it is. Yeah. I think I already know. So let, let's hear I'll it. go ahead. My number one game of the year and probably very high up on on my list of games overall for all time is Tunic. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big surprise there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've talked about this game, I think, with you and I've already explained sort of how much I love it. And I really hope that people get to try it out. I think critically it was received very well. I think that there's just so much here that requires a certain amount of kind of gameplay that maybe Mm -hmm. not be for everybody because it is about secrets and mystery and it requires your undivided attention, Mm -hmm. especially if you're like, if you're not reading the manual, if you go around and you pick (laughs) up the little pages and you're like, oh, that's cool. And you go, you completely miss things. There are things in this game, very essential things in this game that you can just completely miss and the game does not hold your hand it will not tell you you've missed something so you'll just wander around and be like it's very well developed so if you're paying attention you should be able to like have a good time you can have a good time at the base level of just Mm -hmm. like running around and attacking things and being in a cool world but if you are like interested in those various different levels you can dive deep into this game to the point where it's like this game should have been nominated for an audio award for the game awards because there's i mean not only does it sound great great soundtrack by Lightformed, Mm -hmm. there are things in the audio where if you like take the audio out and you run it through like a spectrometer or whatever like you will see things (laughs) <laughs> what? visually visually things appear in because of the way that the notes are are mm-hmm. placed you know like there are things that are that deep 
so secretive that like you'd only see it if you knew how to take this piece of audio and do this thing with it. Oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. And people have found it, you know, like mm-hmm. I certainly did not find that. <laughs> I, I relied on other people to dive that deep into it. But like, that's how deep you can get into this game. And I want so much to like lead people to those deeper levels mm-hmm. and like really engage with it. But you can't do that. So a lot of people like there is in the game very accessible love it there is a ability to have basically like invincibility mode mm-hmm. like you can't get killed but like tune away if you don't want to hear spoilers during the game at one point you have to be killed to experience the second half of the game mm-hmm. so for a lot of people who played it with you know no kill mode or whatever they got to that like they beat the end the credits rolled and they literally had no idea that they had missed an entirely different section, (laughs) you know, like half the game was, they missed it because Mm -hmm. they thought, okay, that's the end. So if you're that person who's playing it, you're like, okay, it was a fun little like Zelda ish souls ish, like romp through a cute little world that, you know, I'm not sure a hundred percent what was happening, but you you beat the guy at the end and then you're done. It's like, I'm sorry to tell you, there's so much more <laughs> to it. And I've had a couple of those conversations and even things like there's little secrets that aren't like major things. Like you can change the color of your fox, but you might I didn't never. Know that. Yeah, you can change the color of your fox. There is a there is a chamber somewhere in one of the beginning areas that you can find behind some trees. You go down and you run around a like a curtain and your fox changes color and you can change their outfit color. You can change like accessories color and you can come out and be like a black and white. You are kidding. Like, I never do that. Like, I just. Yeah, 100 percent. I would have loved to be the black and white fox. (laughs) (laughs) I I really enjoyed being the like golden. I like pick the golden, like glowy fox. Yeah, so it's just things like that. Some things are completely unnecessary things that are just silly like that. But there are some things that are deeply important to the the deeper parts of the narrative, mm-hmm. you know, that I hope everybody gets to see because it is a game about not knowing really, not knowing, you know, no, you're you not know told anything. where to go. You're, the manual that I'm talking about is written in a gibberish language, which you can translate. Um, <laughs> I'm not the kind of person who can, but people have done it. And it tells you exactly what you need to know, just barely enough to keep you going in the right direction so you don't get totally lost. But it, it's not going to tell you a whole lot. So it is that feeling of being a child again, of like playing a game and not knowing what it's about or where to go. And when you're someone who plays video games kind of for work, mm-hmm. um, but also just someone who plays video games a lot, you know, who starts to recognize like, oh, this is this and this is this. Like you start to recognize patterns and they become staler and you try to look for new and innovative things because of that. Playing this game will let you replay things like you know, your childhood experience with like Zelda for the first time, you know, Mm -hmm. like and have it be like it was when you're a kid. You are discovering everything is awesome in the sense of like being full of awe, you know, like I can't explain everything that happens because it's all spoilers, (laughs) of course. But 
I have so much love for this game and I cannot like tell people to play it enough. And I want everyone like I want to be on everyone's shoulder as they're playing <laughs> so I can like explain like, oh, no, have you leveled up? Because if you're not leveling up, maybe that's why combat feels bad. And then mm-hmm. people are like, you can level up. I'm like, no. <laughs> I didn't even know you could change colors. So I'm one of those people. <laughs> no, I mean, there's something like that in every like mm-hmm. every level of this game. But it's just a lot of fun. Thank you for such an amazing list. I got to admit, though, like some of the games you said, like some of them I'd never heard of before. So that that's great because I now I have a ba- like stuff to add on my backlog. But <laughs> I'm I'm really surprised, you know, because there are certain games that I thought would be on your list that didn't quite make the cut. That didn't like, make it. Let me go through my list of things that I know should be on my list. OK, but I've not gone through them yet or I haven't finished them yet. OK. And that's and like a whole nother 10 list, but I'm just going to go through them. Um, yeah. Flat Eye, I'm okay. so excited for. Mm-hmm. Norco, I've not played mm-hmm. yet, but everyone that says it's amazing are people that I know and love and like take seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Citizen Sleeper. I want to play that game so much. And everybody says that it's so game of the year. Uh, Signalis, another mm-hmm. one where I played it and I'm like, yeah, this game is going for a thing and it is achieving that thing and that thing is scary and I'm not sure I'm going to get through it. So in my experience with that, I recognize its greatness, but I know that's not for me because yeah. I am very much a chicken. Yeah, 100%. I'm like, nope, <laughs> it got creepy. It exactly. got creepy real fast. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is going to be on that list. Whoa, let's go. <laughs> that is, I love Rogue Legacy 2. Rogue Legacy 2 is almost my my tunic, so to speak. Yeah. I, I can't believe how many people are like sleeping on Rogue Legacy 2 this year. I know. It, so I, I feel so much guilt being one of them because <laughs> I'm like, so I know good. I should love this. Uh, Neon White is another oh, one where mm-hmm. I played for a while and the game mechanics are all really solid and I understand what they're going for, but this is not a game for me. Oh, I understand that. A hundred percent understand that. Vampire Survivors. Also, oh. a lot of people's like top games of the year. They're absolutely gaga over. So I'm sorry. I haven't really gotten around to that one. Tinykin is something Love that's Tinykin. so up my alley and I've played a little bit of it and I have not finished so really want that to be up there and I don't think these two count because they're games that were released earlier but are coming out on different platforms but Sable and Inscription are both okay. coming out mm-hmm. on different platforms later I think one is coming out Inscription is December and Sable just came out so yeah those are my like I should have them on my list, but for one reason or another, they're just not there. I get Um, what you mean completely. And I'm like super guilty about it. (laughs) I I get what you mean completely. And a lot of those are games that I too have like kind of skipped over and want to get back to. And then there's some that I'm like, no, that's that's just not a Sebastian game. But Mm -hmm. I'm here's a game I'm really surprised that didn't make the honorable mention list, so to speak. And that was no, 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 don't feel guilty. Like I, you know, like. Beacon Pines. Mm. Yes. Beacon Pines, especially considering you seem to like mystery games quite a bit yes. and like the sense of like an underlying story. And I feel like that one is a game that even though it's kind of like peaky blinders in the sense of its narrative, it is very much almost like a 
the aesthetic is so Winnie the Pooh that it kind of meshes well. It's almost like a mystery version of Cult of the Lamb if Cult of the Lamb was a point-and-click adventure game. Right. It's got a really beautiful uh-huh. art style, and I have dabbled with it. I played it, like, I want to say a couple of years ago, but uh-huh. I don't know if it was that long ago, for a preview. And, like, early game and it didn't really stick in my mind so when it came out i'm like okay i've got other things i'm doing right now mm-hmm. i know i've played this before and it didn't stick with me but then i heard people talking about like how much they loved it i'm like oh no this is another game but <laughs> uh, you know like it's just you you being such a big fan of mystery type games or mm-hmm. like games that have a different element to it that that's the only reason it surprised me because i get it not every game is going to speak to every single right. every single player so. but i mean it does seem like it should be a game that speaks to me so i'm putting it on my list no no, no i don't want to be responsible for an additional <laughs> additional game on the list no nope, it's on there too oh. bad a great power comes across responsibility. <laughs> so I'm gonna be know, like trying to get through all of my like must play before the end of the year games and texting you and be like, "Why did you do this to me?" Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm gonna feel so <laughs> bad. I'm, I'm gonna feel so bad. But I do have a question for you. Two questions before we go. Okay, One right. is, what is the games that you're looking forward to in 2023? Like, okay. So I just did, just but like, mm-hmm. relative. Day of the Devs. And there uh-huh. were a few games there that I have been looking forward to for a while and some that were kind of new to like my must watch lists. So Does one of them start with Gun and Umbrella. Oh my god, I saw Gunbrella there, but mm-hmm. they were they were doing the same preview as during Steam Next Fest. So mm-hmm. it was one of the games that I had to skip just oh, because no. I needed mm-hmm. to have like new experiences. Mm-hmm. But Gunbrella 100% is on the list of anticipated games. Like y'all should not skip that game at all. It is so fantastic and from what I've seen, it's it's action feels wonderful, like buttery smooth and from what I've seen, the narrative looks like it's going to be really interesting. So I, when I'm getting got, Hades vibes, like yeah. like that level of polish. I'm just getting all those vibes. Yeah, I can't wait for that. One of the ones I'm very interested in is Dredge. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've talked about that before, where it's kind of a fishing. It's a game about fishing, kind of like yeah. a Moonglow Bay type. But then it gets into like Lovecraftian waters. <laughs> You know, very quickly. So that's looking really cool. Another Crab's Treasure. Okay. Uh, I am very excited about. This is the team that did Going Under. Oh, um, loves Going Under. Yes. So their next game has that same sort of, same sort of humor, same sort of talking about something deeper and more serious than mm-hmm. the like cartoony sort of art style would have you believe. And I got to play it for the first time. It was one of the the first times anybody had played this game in public. And it played really well. And I'm very, very excited about that coming up. I am looking forward to Melatonin, which I think I think it's still saying coming soon. So I'm not if, sure if it's 2023 or not. Uh, but we'll see about that. But I got to play that a new level on that when I was there. And it's also great. It is a rhythm game. It is a rhythm game. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It is unbelievably just grab hold and you want to do better every single time, you know, beautifully hand-drawn art style again. All the music is just so catchy and 
I'm not really a, a rhythm game person. So I discarded this when I first heard about it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool for the rhythm game people. Like, seriously, anybody, needs, <laughs> you need to stop and check this out because it's really... You know what the art style kind of reminds me of is like the lo-fi like backgrounds you always see yes. in those videos. That's what like, it reminds me of. Yeah, music to like study to or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got a lot of that vibe to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so imagine that, but like as a rhythm game. <laughs> A new thing that was not on my radar before that I got to check out was Little Kitty Big City, which is about I'm as sorry, silly what? as it sounds. What? It's, I think, a lot more Untitled Goose Game than uh, Stray. Okay. You're kind of let go into this urban area and you have various different silly tasks to perform. And as you do them, you uncover more tasks to perform. Like, the section I played involved, like, jumping into rifts in time and space you know you go from like helping like helping <laughs> someone paint uh and like knocking over all their paints and walking on their canvas with your cute little kitty cat toes to like literally jumping through time and space to teleport yourself somewhere so like it's a very silly game it knows that it's silly which makes okay. it hilarious and yeah, I was not like this was not on my radar before it, but definitely is now. And then Minico's Night Market was on my list, still current, still currently on my list, 2023. Okay. But the biggest one for me that I had known about, but wasn't, I was kind of lukewarm on it, except for the art style being just delightful, is Snufkin Melody of Moomin Valley. That's a and mouthful. It is. I had to. I had to look at my actual like <laughs> titling there, but it is based on kind of one of these old, like when you were a kid and you went to the library and they had like '60s art books for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like they have all these kind of like it's Dr. Susie, I guess, but in like the way of like most of it being art, like where the wild things are and oh, that okay. sort of concept. It looks like that because it's based on that sort of character. And this is a character that was famous in, like, I want to say, like, the Netherlands or Sweden mm -hmm. or some somewhere in that region, the Scandinavian area. And I was like, okay, that's cute. Like, it's probably going to be a fun little game. And then I played it, and I'm like, oh, no. This is, <laughs> this is a game. This is a game that has you, like, while you're questing for something here, then you accidentally run into this. And now now you have to do this. And it's like, oh, gosh, there's like a baby cute thing I have to save. And now everything's put <laughs> off so I can save that, you know, and it's the mechanics are clever. The there is kind of leveling up system that makes you want to keep leveling up and unlocks your way into different areas. There's good humor. There's for being kind of like childlike in mm -hmm. tone, it's actually really unusually earnest and serious and like stopping to think about the nature of humanity and yourself and like bigger themes that you don't really think of pairing with this kind of like, oh, I'm just going to walk around and find a goose, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> And But then it's like, are we really the same people we were two seconds ago? And like, have you sit with that for a while and like really think about that? And I'm like, wow, that's way more than I was expecting out of this game. So that's probably 
one of the games that's shot so much farther up into my must-play list than any other game I've played so far. So that's 2023 for me. Are you okay. looking at anything in particular? No, no. Um, You know, like some of the bigger things and then some like Gumbrella is right up my alley as far as mm-hmm. the, the indie levels. I like the indie... I'm gonna look to you to like just keep me informed on the indie level because like <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many good games that come out, especially on the indie level that just take me by surprise. Like Tinykin this year was one of mm-hmm. those that I just you know fell in love with, you know. So I love those, and I I like have that opinion now to where like the indie games are what carries us through the year. You know, like AAA games come and you know like maybe twice, three times a year. 2023 is probably gonna be a monster year for AAA games, but like. Yeah. This year was like stacked of the indies just carrying us from like big game to big game. But in between where there was dry spells, there was like tons of indies that were absolutely nailing it and killing it. So I don't know, like besides Gumbrella, there are like a couple of major like AAA games I'm looking forward to. But like, I'm just so excited because 2023 seems like a year of like so many cool games coming out. Right. And I'm so interested because typically speaking, the first quarter of the year is really hard good for indie games Mm -hmm. because you don't have too many huge releases but so many big releases have been pushed back from like a wintry time this year (laughs) to early 2023 january february i'm really interested to see what that does to the indie landscape and how they maybe shift to support that or get around it or if there is a kind of battle between indie and triple a and to see how this continues because they're doing really well in overall like if you look at game awards Mm -hmm. and the nominations for that like how many indie games are getting put into those categories and categories that are not just like oh these are these are the indie categories like like categories like action adventure are Mm -hmm. you know or best game of the year are getting legitimate indie games and how does this trend continue if you have both of those games happening around the same time because people link them or does it do the opposite so i'm really interested to see what's going to happen next year i'm I'm the same with you because like i do think most indie games especially ones that were originally scheduled to release in february are probably gonna get the hell out of dodge and go like closer to april through probably closer to april through the summer but like there are games that stood toe to toe with like the big releases this past year. Like seafood was right there amongst like Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West. It was mm-hmm. right around that release time. I know it got pushed by PlayStation, you know, quite a bit in this marketing campaign. But like, you know, there are some indie games that are really doing well and standing toe to toe with some of these AAA giants. Yeah. So I mean, let's see if that trend continues. I hope so because I am more excited usually for the indie side of things than the AAA things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a triple A AAA game every once in a while is fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I love to see things that are pushing boundaries mm-hmm. and changing up the way that we look at games or look at ourselves or uh, things that you can do in circumstances where it's you working on your passion project versus like the big game everybody wants something out of. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I'm just super excited about I'm super excited about the rest of this year. There's still a lot of good games that are coming out for, mm-hmm. you know, December, but also looking forward to 2023 and looking forward to covering indies on my own indie site 
for the first time in a whole new year. So that's going to be amazing. <laughs> so, Jill, we have we've reached a portion of the show I like to call, you know, the rapid fire portion. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> asking some rapid fire questions. And last time, you know, you threw in some some heavy hitters when you're on the yep. report, you know, the pepper, uh, like the pineapple pizza and everything like that. So, good. you know, I'm interested to see what you come up with. I, I had to pick different questions because you've already been on here before. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to hit you with some heavy haymakers and see what comes comes to play. Are you ready? OK, I'm ready. All right. So. Which holiday has the best food? Popped in my head Thanksgiving because we just had Thanksgiving. So I'm going there. Okay. 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 So what is the best cocktail drink? Um something with a silly name that you kind of feel embarrassed to have to say out loud. Okay, okay. I like that. (laughs) I like that. What is the best controller of all time? Might be the dual sense. I'm, I'm not, right there with like, you. Yeah. It, I love it. I've always, I have always sort of, I don't know if this defeats the nature of the rapid fire, by the way, but um, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I've always gravitated towards PlayStation controllers because when I was originally getting into games, being nine or eight or whatever I was, like the controller for Xbox was like Huge, trying massive. to hold. There was nothing, and I, like being a a little girl, like you know, mm-hmm. your hands are so tiny. There's nothing you can do. Like I'm running from one side of the room to the <laughs> other to try to hit different buttons. So yeah, I think the Dual Sense has done a lot of really cool things with haptic feedback and the way you can like hear different things. One of my favorite things from God of War, which I just finished playing, was hearing the jingling of like the sleds. Oh, Anytime mm-hmm. you're on a sled, oh, so good. Okay, okay. So, did you happen to shed a tear in God of War? No, I don't think I did. I got, like, I felt the emotions, but I don't think I ever got overwhelmed to that degree. Oh, you're a strong person. (laughs) It hit me. Yeah, it got me. It got me. (laughs) It got me. There was a, I'm not to spoil anything, but Kratos was sitting down at one point, just sitting down and talking to Atreus at one point towards the end. And I was like, oh, it got me. It got mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, also don't forget to check out the deepest dive. You know, Jill is absolutely killing it. She, oh. you know, they did several <laughs> of really in-depth episodes on God like, of War. in-depth. All mm-hmm. of them are at least like four hours long. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> for sure. Be prepared for some time <laughs> to sink sure. into those. For sure. So, all right. So you are invited to a party. What is okay. the food that you're bringing to the party? Uh, something I don't have to make myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I am not known for my culinary skills. Okay. Okay. What are you picking up from the store then? I'm like, Uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be something I like. So it's going to be like a snickerdoodle cookie or something like that. Something if no one like super eats, you can take all of it home and not feel ashamed about. Exactly. hundred (laughs) percent. There we go. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So. If you're in Hogwarts, you know, you, you're doing your thing. I got a twofer for you. You're yep. in Hogwarts, you're doing your thing. What house are you in and what's your favorite class in Hogwarts? Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm, right there with um, you. Maybe like potions or something sort of nerdy. Okay. You would have been potions? Yeah. I I'm think surprised. I would have been doing potions. I'm surprised. Even with let's just say you went with Harry though. Would you would you have been okay with doing potions with Snipe? Or does that change anything? 
I guess. I mean, didn't they have for a while? There was another like, yeah, I don't want to anything that doesn't have to do with Snape. I wouldn't have wanted him as my teacher. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they and by the way, to answer your question, you had um Slug, who was like for the upper years, he was like their potions professor. But okay. like, uh, yeah, I would have probably leaned charms on that one because okay. you had Flickwick and I feel like he was consistent. He was fair <laughs> all the way through. But yeah, you're being no. very practical about it. You're like, I want to make sure that I have someone I vibe with. Mm-hmm. That I can pass this class with. Exactly. Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, you're not passing a class if Snape doesn't like you. No, for sure not. It's going to sure be not. that one who's like you pass someone else's homework in with your name and he still mm-hmm. gives you an F. For sure not. All right. The last one is the hardest question, and I saved the best for last. So, Jill, you've been, you know, all all the major big wigs of the game industry come to you, and they were like, we need you to pick which game, which franchise we're going to revive. We need to revive the franchise. What in your level of fandom are you bringing back? What's the Jill game that you're going to be like, we need this. We're, you know, I'm bringing it back. So say me. Franchise. Would I bring back? Like, first of all, I love the idea that, like, anyone in the industry would come to me for this. I don't know if there's really a... Is there like, a game? You know I, in, I would in the... really like to see, actually, okay. with kind of modern things, would be Eternal Darkness. Mm-hmm. I would love to see kind of a modern adaptation or interpretation of that game, because you can't really go back and play it with any... No. Like, it doesn't have the same feeling, because when you first played it, like... It was early 2000s, I want to say. It's not that great looking. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't not. give you the, like, when I first played it, it really scared me, you know? But now looking at it, you can't help but, like, wow, it looks real doofy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And that, like, ruins the darkness, scariness of it. So I would really love to see that either remastered or remade or just a completely new interpretation or some version of that where they like completely screw with you in some way perfect that would be perfect okay okay so you in other words you're getting blue point to completely remake this yes. game for you wouldn't that be amazing if blue point was <laughs> like and now because jill has said so <laughs> you wouldn't be scared though like or would... oh i'd be terrified i'd oh, be okay. terrified but like i love that game so much Okay, okay. I can respect that. So even though you're a chicken when it comes to horror stuff like I am, like you're still willing to put yourself out there for this Mm -hmm. one. Okay. Okay. So our final question then, where can the good people find you, Joe? Uh yeah. So my website is the Indian Former. You can Google it, it'll pop up. Um, but also I am on uh Twitter as long as Twitter's around. Um At Finrun, F-I-N-R-U-I-N. I've also made the hop over to Hive. Uh, and I'm also at Finrun there, F-I-N-R-U-I-N. So check me out wherever you are. Okay. You hear that, everyone? So I'm going to have the link to the socials and the Indian Informer in the show notes. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Jill, thank you so much for being on the episode. It was great. It was great having you back. I Thanks lo- for having me. Such a fun I love, conversation. I every love time nerding out. You, yeah. you basically just let me come on and like talk for hours in a way that like most people are like, oh, she's still talking about indies. No, but. man, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's that level of expertise and that enthusiasm that I absolutely love because you always bring it every single time you're over here. You always give me such good like recommendations, such good conversations. So I thank you for really coming back on the show. It means a lot. 
Thank you so much. I love being able to share my enthusiasm. It's really what the Indian farmer was about was just being able to like put all this like energy into something. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to like come on and have people take me seriously and being <laughs> able to like tell you, no, you really should play this game. It means a lot. So thank you. No, anytime. So the next time you're on, I'm going to have to find five new harder questions around Robin to, to throw It just keeps continuously <laughs> like getting harder and harder, more personal. Like, no. are you loved? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm gonna go that deep, but yeah, I'm, I'm you never def- know. You never yeah. know. No, no, no. I don't know which way the wind <laughs> blows. But thank you so much for being on the show. And until next time, keep gaming and peace. That's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Geo for being on the show today. I also want to remind you that if you want me or my community of gamers to give you feedback on your video game backlog list, then join us in the single player experience Discord server. Once you're in, feel free to share your backlog list or talk about good single player game experiences that you've had lately. The link to join the free single player experience Discord server is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Stay gaming and have a good one. Peace.